Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on this brisk Sunday afternoon after a match at the Bet365, which didn't really go well as Slavin Bilic come to town with his first match as Watford manager and they wiped the floor. It ended up Stoke nil, Watford 4, Angela. Good afternoon, everybody. Boy, have I missed our happy Sundays. Today, things can only get better, can't they, in, in the words of that famous song. I thought we were awful. I presume we're going to go into player ratings. This shouldn't take long, but I just felt it was a typical Stoke performance that we've grown used to over the last few years, which is start promising, other team go up the other end, pick the balloon, and uh, then we just go through the motions... Then the other team score another goal. And I don't think Watford are that great, to be honest, although we could make anybody look world beaters at the moment. And then the wheels fall off and you get so bad that you look like you're not trying. That's the thing. I, 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 if players are not trying, then they should never play again. But I just genuinely think that they just so bereft of confidence, it looks like they're not trying. I just can't think that any professional in any sport would not try unless they were taking bribes and I certainly don't think anybody's going to bribe out a lot at the moment um, so I'm very disappointed and if you want to uh, add to my disappointment by telling me you thought you know we were unlucky then that's fine uh, No we were well beaten um, we're going to the summary obviously possession was 49 to us 51 to Watford shots were identical oh no sorry just under 15 for us 16 for them we had two on target if you can class them on target as Watford had nine corners was shared six apiece fouls they had 15 and we had 10 so stats wise Ange if we looked at it on paper and we were doing that we look quite in mark with him but the, the only one that really stands out there is shots on target don't you Ange? yeah you know, we're looking into that. They've had nine on target. We've had two, and we can't really call them on target. Really, it was a Tyrese Campbell half hit and open, and the other one I think was did it bump off our striker and just go delightfully to the goalkeeper. You know, we brought in a lot of strikers, aren't we, for this problem? But none of them look like they've got a a clue and else chance of where B and what do do they? No, I mean it's just. It's not, you can't even say we're going through a bad patch because how many years have we had this now, Ian? Um, well, if we're talking about when it started falling apart, apart under Mark Hughes, we're talking seven years, really. Yes. It's been That's a long the time. Thing. That's the worrying thing, because if you look at trends and this trend continues, then Stoke will probably be looking at going down again, and that's something I don't think we could... We could uh, I thought the fans were poor today and I know you have to give them something to shout about and I know a Sunday kickoff's not great but there's something lacking I mean there's something lacking everywhere at the moment and and one win when you look at how Stoke have done in the past I mean they, they've they've had been okay and they've not been losing um, the clean sheet went to Cropper today uh, but the way the manner of defeat was uh, the thing that bothered me the most today the manner of defeat Whatever people said about Mike O'Neill, and there'll be people who turning around and saying, "Well, what's better now than, than uh, you know, than was before?" Um, I don't think we ever conceded four and lost so badly. Yeah, we we conceded three against Cardiff, if I can remember that. But it was the manner of the defeat today. I just felt the decision making was awful. The passing was atrocious. 
players are standing by, they're not taking responsibility. I mean, we've got two crucial games now. We've got Burnley away and Sheffield United at home. If we play like we played today to both of them, we'll lose. But we both know Stoke are good enough to turn it round and, and come good again. Are we? Oh, we are. That's what Stoke do. That's what Stoke do. They turn things around and come good again. But come on, let's get this match. Today's player ratings. Are we doing player ratings, Ian? Yeah, we are. We're going to go straight into them now, obviously. And a special, special uh, round of applause for me, in my opinion, was Joe Beersett today after the week he's had with obviously the sad passing of his father and to come into the squad and fight for his place. I've got nothing but credit for the lad. And I've put, I think he put a good performance in today, Anne. I thought, he did as, um, I thought he did as well as you would expect under the circumstances. Uh, I, I honestly think he will be an exceptionally good goalkeeper given time. But at this moment in time, and I agree with everything you say about him being up for it today and all credit to him wanting to play... Um, I don't think he has confidence in the defence. I don't think the defence have confidence in him. Um, I actually think he, he, he's another season or two away from being ready for this league. I'll give him a four. Uh, I'll give him a five. I thought he, he made a couple of good saves. It was great to see the fans give him such a warm reception when he came in. Yeah, that was lovely. It was, it was great to see. Um, his dad obviously passed away and you think his name was Alex once, Alex Berzik, and it's it's such a shame for the young lad to go through that at such a young age as well. But on the game, I thought he, he was... I can't blame him for the goals um, today. I think poor defending was all over the place. Some of the t- chances they had, the first goal, the Ishmael Asar, who, who for me is probably the most deadliest player in this division, which is why Liverpool and Arsenal were looking at him and, and Villa put a £60 million bid in to try and get him. And to leave him open like that in the box with a free Eddie is it's just it's just a nightmare, isn't it? It's, it's if you're a young goalkeeper like Joe and you're seeing the best player in the championship with all that space and it was just a simple ball crossing to the box. Fair enough it was a bit of clever play and the ball flew across. It was it was just a simple cross and he, and he was left on one on one. And I think basic whatever was called into action he, he tried his best. But, you know, I think he was at fault for two of the goals as well. But I'm going to go over five for Joe. OK. Right, now we go into Fosu. Right. Um, I, thought he, I thought at times, one thing you can't say is you, you can't say he doesn't give his all. Um, he, he slotted in and he started to move around well and then he just disappeared like everybody else. He, it's very, very difficult to play against somebody as good as Sar, for example, as you mentioned, but he faded, didn't he? He, he started take, getting uh, out of position. The passing of everybody was awful, so you can't just say it was his passing. I'll give him a 4-2. Uh, I'll go on with a 5. It's a tough afternoon. You know, he's coming up against... An experienced Serie A player and ex Premier League player that's, you know, a full international, I think, as well. And, you know, when you're trying to come up against it, for me, this goes down to management. So I'm not going to blame Fossu for this because he's out of position. Every time he, he was going forward, he showed glimpses. He looked good. He was breaking forward. He was trying to bring other players into the game. But defensively, he doesn't have a Scooby because he's not a defensive player. And we're wondering why we lost the game. 
4-0. Putting him in the defence explains why. Because Liam Delap's tall and quite physical. Why don't we put him in the defence? We're not going to do it, are yeah. we? Because we're not stupid, are we? Well, certain people aren't stupid. Fosu is not a wing-back. I've had a look at the numbers. He's played 14 games as a wing-back and it wasn't even at Brentford. And we brought him in to play as a wing-back. It's ridiculous. He gets a free because... And it's not his fault he's getting a free. He goes down to the management team. Right, now we move into Sterling. The long-awaited debut of Sterling. What a, what a day for the lad. Yeah, he started well as well. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked like he'd got pace. Um, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But he just... Um, it's hard to form an opinion on a day like today when everything was so bad. Uh, I'll give him a four as well. And, and there's not going to be many getting fours. I thought he was one of the better performers today. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over five again with Sterling. I thought, I thought he did well. Sterling, it went when he was given the opportunity. You can see he's an actual right back, which helps. He, he did some good defences, defen- defensive work. But for me, he was at fault for two of the crosses that led to two of the goals. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't in his position. He wasn't there. Again, is he a right wing back? I'm not 100% sure on that. I've always known him to be a right back, a proper defensive right back. But, you know, that doesn't excuse not being in the right place for balls getting into the box. And... That's why I'm marking him as a five. You know, I can't give him any more than that because wait till you see what the rest of the team have got. Right, now we move into, for me, the best player on the pitch, Ben Wilmot. Really? No, I'm carrying it on, Ange. Everybody's missing yeah. it. Everybody's no, I was missing going it. I to say, um, I thought his distribution was awful, but he wasn't far different from anybody else in the team. Um, I just didn't think he was good enough today. And for that, he's lucky to get a three. I'm getting with it four, to be fair. I thought he got stuck in with Keelan Davis. I thought he was trying to keep him at bay. And now I'm looking at him, and I was a lot of the, I think, last season, season before game. We don't need him after watching him today. I think, yeah, we'll have him. <laughs> he's physically strong, very capable on the ball. Everything. The thing with him compared to Liam Delap, everything stuck when it went to him. You know, if it was a click on Eddie, it was on to a man. Whenever he held the ball, he kept it. Wilmot obviously tried his best. But, you know, to be honest, second half, he made a couple of good, important tackles as well, um, Ben Wilmot. So, I thought he did all right compared to what else was coming. And this is the man we're going to come on to next. He's had one good game, Ange, and that's Aidan Flint. Yeah. Um oh. He's physical. Um, I can understand why there wasn't a great rush for him to sign anywhere else. He seems to be able to head the ball away uh, most of the time when he's defending, but when he's attacking, he doesn't seem to be anything too much towards their goal. Uh, Look, I thought we were awful all the way round today, and I'm giving him a three as well. Uh, I'll go in with a one. No, two. I'll go in with Flint. He was great. Early, you know, everything in the air, he, he seemed to win, except for the two-headed goals, funnily enough. Um, but you don't play Aidan Flint against a team who've got players as quick as Watford have. They've got Saw, they've got Davies, who's powerful, who was, you know, fair enough. They understood that, that Flint's good in the air, 
but they made sure they had players around him for the drop downs and they were picking near enough every single one of them up. So he was heading it clear and it was just dropping to Watford. Very cleverly, the way they were set up, Watford, they knew exactly what they were doing. And Flint, as soon as they started running at him, for of course he was left for dead. And it, I think it was just a silly decision to play him. Goes down yeah. again, I'm afraid, to the manager. Right, now we move into a player that I oh, don't understand why he's playing, but he's playing, M- Morgan Fox. Yes. Um, I've never been a massive fan of Morgan Fox. Um, I do think he gives us balance in the side. I think that's perhaps why he's playing, to give us a little bit more balance. He lost his man completely for their opening goal. I mean, I don't know... I. He, some people would be watching it on Sky that are listening to this podcast, but I thought he was at fault for the first goal. I didn't think we covered ourselves in glory defending anyway. Um, I think his passing's dreadful. Uh, so I would run a lot of people ragged, so I forgive him for that, but he's getting a two off me. Uh, he's getting a one off me, Morgan Fox. Um, severely lacking in confidence. You can see it in his face, and you can tell that with the... The mistake for the saw goal where he was indecisive. He didn't know if to stick or to run to try to get round. And then he just ended up st- standing there. You know, he's a player that's not good enough for this level. And there's a lot of players on that pitch that I can talk, can say that about as well. But Fox, for me, is a weak link unless you're playing left-back. The only time I've ever seen good performances from Morgan Fox is when he's played on a back four and he's left-back. He's our best left-back. But he's not a left centre back. He, he's not physical yeah. enough, and he's not he's not intelligent enough. Because if you're not a physically strong player, you've got to be intelligent of where to be when the ball drops. He hasn't got yeah. that either. And for me, he was completely outplayed all game. The pace was killing up, killing him and Flint. And that's for me why the score was four 0 and nothing changed about that as well, which is really frustrating. Which is why he gets a one. Right, now we move into the return of Laurent. Yeah, um, I'm not sure now what he brings to the team after today's performance. Um, his tempo's slow. I thought his passing again, like most players, was bad. The biggest thing for me was, maybe because he's been injured, he faded a lot. Uh, I won't say he didn't try. I just don't think those central... The, defense, the midfield at the moment... And there were five players today, if you count the wing-backs. They'd never played together before, and boy, did it show that they hadn't played before. Uh, so he gets a four off me. Um, he gets a three off me. Clearly rusty. I think that's his first time he's played in the holding role, isn't it, from my memory? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. He has played it before. Did he not? No, he, it's well, another time. Uh, early on in the season when O'Neill was playing him there. Um Okay. And he didn't shine a lot then. I, th- I think the problem is with Laurent is he's. I think I think he's a bit too slow for what we're trying to do because, you know, at the end of the day we're trying to break quick because we've got so many players defending. There's no trust anywhere in this squad. There's no connectivity at all. We just look like a squad of players that have been lumped together, and it's clear to see. I mean, Laurent was completely outpaced every time a player ran up against him. I mean, I thought he was supposed to be a very good box-to-box. He didn't prove that today. Every time he got the ball, he kept losing it and then kept dropping himself deeper because he didn't have confidence in the defence or himself to help the midfield. He went, basically, he was hiding, which is why he gets the, the low mark from me. Right, let's go into Smallbone. 
Yes. Um, I thought he'd have been taken off. I really thought he was awful. I didn't see... I saw one pass deep into the 75th minute uh, of the game where it went to a Stoke player, and that was... Um, that was he was about two inches away from him, so he's getting the two. And I actually do wonder what he's bringing to the game. What about you? Um, he's getting a one from me, actually, Smallbone. He had a couple of, you know, long-range efforts that weren't really going to trouble anyone. But he brought nobody into the game. He, he was playing that more higher role for, for to bring the strikers into the game or to get something clicking. But as soon as it came to him, he just gave the ball away every single time. And I don't understand why he wasn't brought off. Because it was clear to me from watching it after about 30 minutes that he couldn't play his game. Because the lad doesn't know his game. This is his first time at proper football. And if it was me and I was the manager, I would be starting to talk about with the ownership about cutting some of these loan deals short in January. Which we'll talk about after, but yeah. a little bit of a teaser there. But I thought Smallbone was really poor today, really poor. He was completely out of the game. And if he carries on with performances like that, he'll end up in League Two when his contract's up at Southampton. He better start booking his ideas up because yeah. he had plenty of opportunities, plenty of time with the, on the ball, and he had space in front of him to create chances, and he didn't do it today. He kept losing the ball and kept having stupid shots from 35 yards. Not good enough at all. Right, now we move in. Yeah, I, I, I'm not impressed at all with Smallbone. I was at the beginning, but that's quickly gone. Right, Lewis Baker. Right. Um, I, at one point, I was thinking about picking him as man of the match. He played his part. Um, midfield, again, was awful. He had a one that one shot on target from the free kick. That was, I think, our only shot on target in 90-odd minutes. Um, I'll give him a four. Uh, I'll go in with an, a five, I think. Um, he, he, he was struggling, wanting to get to put his authority in the game. It, some real poor passing as well, as well, just as bad as Smallbone, but at least... At least was with Baker, at least a few of them found a red and white shirt. He did bring a good save out, because to be honest, I'll be brutally honest, Andrew, he's the only one I can see scoring goals, to be honest, in this team. Gale looks like a... Well, we'll talk about Gale after, but I thought he did all right. I mean, a couple of... I, I, he tested Batman, didn't he? Which is why I, I've given him, give him a five. I thought, I thought he did all right, Baker, but he's got to start stamping his authority and proving what a good player he can be because we've seen how good he can be but he needs to try and start bringing the big big C word in and it's not see you next Tuesday as people are thinking it's consistency that's where he's got to bring into his game right we move into now Dwight Gale the man who's still not scored I, th I thought we brought him in for get 30 odd goals a season and yeah I think we had but I don't know which season <laughs> Right, so great, Gail. What did you think today? Um, I feel for him because he runs into areas where I think, yeah, just pass the ball to him now. Pass the ball to him now. He's there. He's there. But they don't see him running, uh, and I think he's a bit too quick of thought for our team. Uh, I don't think he'll score many at Stoke. I just don't think we utilise our forwards properly. 
it's just going to carry on this way. You've got him and Dilap and Campbell, who we've, we've said numerous times, you think, well, this anybody would like these three in the squad, but they're just not being used properly. And if you don't use them properly, they aren't going to score. We've heard the stories of you could have Messi, Ronaldo, I think you could even have it all in the now team and he'd struggle to score. Um, I would drop him or Dilap one of the two next match and get a four. Uh, I'm going to go on with three today with Dwight Gale. Um, I understand, yeah, he, he does make the right runs. I've seen it three, well, probably five or six times today where, you know, a nice little through ball pass and he was away. A small bit, and in small bone as well on three examples where he should have put it through early on in the second half. And I think there's one at the beginning of the second, first half as well where it's small bone, a ball through, Gale's away, goal. But it's, I mean, he's not getting a free because it's, it's his fault. The team just isn't, can't they just can't create anything? Let's be honest. If they if they start if our midfield drew a painting, it'd be like a four year old had drew it because they, there's no creativity there. There's nothing in that midfield that's going to going to create. I mean, Baker can score goals, he can, but he can't create anything. He's not a clever passer. He's not anything. But it's no. it's the movement off the ball that's letting these strikers down as well. Yeah, absolutely. The wing backs are breaking up, making a pass, and then they're sort of like stopping, like that's their job done when they're supposed to be carrying on because they, they, they're so untrusting in that back line, those wingers won't go forward. And we've got we've got very good wingers for me now at this club and it, I'm just really not happy with it. Right, for me, man of the match, only by a scrape, Liam Delap. Now, I picked Liam Delap because he tried hard. Um, yes, look, if there'd have been VAR in that game, their first goal wouldn't have stood. Youpity do. They'd have scored the other three. Uh, we'd have probably not had Liam Delap on the pitch because he did sort of, I wouldn't say stamp, but he left his mark on Dan Backman, who, I have to say, deserved an Oscar for his acting. Um, he was lucky to get away with that. And then he got booked later on. He puts himself about... There's a little bit about Liam Delap that I like because he lives on the edge a lot, but I still think it's an awful lot to ask a young lad like that to be carrying the hopes and dreams of Stoke City Football Club. Um, I think he might be on the bench next game. One of them will be, one of Dilap or Gale will be, I'm sure. Um, it's very difficult because I don't think you can blame either of the forwards when they don't get the ball given to him in the final third. It's just long ball, hoof ball. But he's going to get man of the match for me and he's getting a five. He tries hard. Get a six from me, um, Delap. He's, get, he's getting a high six. That's why he's man of the match. I liked okay. I liked how hot he's graft. He was try he was creating all the chances himself because he started realising these these idiots aren't gonna to pass to me, so I better start seeing if I can dribble myself in or or you know, he was putting himself about as well. For a lad of his age, you wouldn't expect him to be trying to knock <laughs> defenders out of the way, which which is something I like to see as well, because I think we all do like a bit of especially down Stoke, a bit of a physical player. Um I don't understand why he's playing over Jacob Brown, in my opinion. Um, I think we've hyped him up to be too much at this moment in time. I think I think he's going to have a great career, don't get me wrong. I think once he knuckles down, starts getting a bit of confidence and scoring goals, he will be a very good player. But at the moment, he's just not ready. He, he reminds me of Bersic, but playing up front. He, he played well today because he was he was working himself in. and, he, and But I just don't think he's ready. And that's that's the way way I see it, and I think we've we've hyped him up that much because, let's be honest, every other signing's been a letdown. That it's put the pressure on, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I mean, we've got the subs to do now, haven't we? Well, that's it, yep. Yeah. So we go in now with, for me, Vice Man of the Match, and that was Tyrese Campbell, because he had a shot. <laughs> Uh, well, he only had a touch, but if he only had a touch and you score with it, that's fine. Uh, I just... It's very hard to come on in that situation, isn't it, when when the game's gone anyway. Uh, but I'll give him, just for having a shot, four. Uh, he gets an eight from me because of that shot. Deluded. <laughs> that's how bad it was. <laughs> I, I got, I got, I, well, I got off my backside for one for the first time in 80 minutes. It was great. <laughs> um, the rest of it, I just had a frown. Um, what get... do you think about Clark coming on? <sighs> we'll get to that I in a minute, Tony. Campbell, he'll get to five. Five from me. Or and Len, if he was around. Now we go into that hand. <laughs> and here is Harry Clark for Sterling. I thought he was dead, the way people were talking about his injury. Well, I thought it was quite a bizarre substitution. And um, because I thought, I think you give him a point for bizarreness, you'll get a three. I just don't understand what they were doing. He was, he was, he completely didn't look fit. <laughs> when he was running on, he was sweating. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand the sub. I, I, I was like, I was thinking, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> what's, what's he doing? He, oh, well, anyway, right, we'll go into the unused. Uh, bottom, Jaggy Elke, right, Phillips, Taylor, who I'm going to talk about a bit later as well, and Sparry. Taylor, Taylor should be Taylor. starting, never mind, yeah. never mind, yeah. sitting on the bench. Right, so yeah. we'll go in with the referee rating, which was... Mr. Josh Smith. Well, because he's got an OK surname, oh. um, I'll give him a five. And he's lucky to get that because I really didn't like him today, the vicious little referee that he was. Um, I think he, they sucked him in very quickly. The diving, the moaning. Um, yes, he, he booked a couple of their players, and quite rightly so. Batman for, for time-wasting. Um, but uh, I didn't like him, and we lost, so he's getting a five. Uh, a four all from me. All scientific, mind you know, all scientific. Yeah, I've noticed there, uh, yeah, it's just like, do not like it? Um, I give him a four. I've, I've, I'm a bit angry about the first goal because it, it was offside, no it question offside, about that. Yeah. And, I mean, we still lost by three. Yeah, but you never know what other game might have turned out. You know, we might, yeah, have, had, we might have had a shot. The football gods might have changed things. Yeah, I doubt it. Probably would have been eight. No, he knows. <laughs> right, uh, so now we move into the overall performance rating. What are we going to go in as? One. A one. I'm going to... Well, you've jumped on my shows there, haven't you? I'm putting in a one. You can't put a one in. Okay, then, uh, 0.5. <laughs> a half. Right, so now we move into your favourite part of the weekend. Now, this is one that I'm going to be really harsh on, um, and that's Alex Neil. Nearly said Mark right. O'Neill, lad. Right, yes. Well, you got part of it right. Um, I'm going to give him um, a one because the back five, whatever you want to call it, the back five, the back three with wing backs, it was awful. It didn't work, yet we kept with it for the whole match. If Michael O'Neill had done that, he'd have been pilloried. And I, I did say to one or two people when I saw the team sheet, right, so... We've got a left-back playing centre-half, we've got a, a, a right-back playing on the left, and we've got um, a left-back playing on the right as a, a right-sided wing-half. 
if Michael O'Neill had done that, he'd have been he'd have been sort of slaughtered. Now, I know that you can only use the players you've got, but what worries me is we're not getting. Um, it's not the manager bounce. It, it, it's just they, they don't look up for the games. And, and we'll come on to that in a minute. So for that reason, he's getting a one off me. And um, I just think we've got to change the formation. Uh, but the biggest problem you'll see this week is the lack of passion and the lack of fight. I just felt felt that was that was the biggest thing for me today. There was no fight. I mean, OK, if you don't like the formation or you can't play in it, that's one thing. But you should never give up. And I just thought uh, the subs were a bit late, even though the game had gone. Um I don't. I don't think there's any positives at all. So he's lucky to get that from me. Um, he's getting a. He's getting a two from me as well. I don't understand why he's consisting with this formation that got Michael O'Neill sacked. We didn't have the. We didn't have the formation for it now. We didn't then. So why keep sticking with it? Fosu isn't a left wing back. Sterling, I don't think is a right wing back. Neither is Harry Clark when he'd come back onto the pitch. He, I don't understand why he's dropped Taylor. That makes no sense to me whatsoever, especially when he keeps putting Flint in. I don't understand that. You know, I think Taylor's been probably our best defender this season so far. Stats go with that. So I don't understand what he's doing. The attack-wise, he keeps playing Liam Delap with Gale, which has got us precisely no goals, but he keeps consistent with that. He keeps swapping the midfield round because he doesn't have a clue what he's doing with him. Fair enough, he's trying different things, this, that and the other. But Laurent, I don't think, will be here next season from what I'm seeing of him so far. He, you know, I, I spoke to a Reading fan recently, actually, and he said, bloody hell, since you've had that Laurent, we've been brilliant in midfield. I said, well, we, we are the gift that keeps giving, mates. You know, we, we not only will we let you win, we take your crap players too. We've been doing it for years. Um I'm really, really underwhelmed by Alex Neal. He comes out and every... I'll be honest, his interviews remind me a lot of, of Mark Hughes. Boring. He doesn't talk anything. He's got a miserable face all the time. He hasn't changed anything that's made me go, brilliant decision. And I'm not impressed with him. And to be honest... I'm, and the other thing is, Ian, just talking over you, which I, I have missed doing, um, the other thing is that when you look at... He's had about 10 days. Now, he did say it's not all easy going because five or six of the players are away. But when you've had 10 days working with the players and they still look like they couldn't defend. In fact, I thought defensively we were worse. When you look about when Dean Holden had the team at Blackburn and we played really well and then we beat Hull, who, let's be honest, hadn't won in five. They've lost the five matches. Um, then you've had 10 days to work on things and they're worse than ever. Uh, words fail me. The performance was just so bad that words fail me. We seem to have the ability. You know, you're in a team game and one or two players can have a bad day and if they have a bad day, then your team suffers. We seem to have cornered the market in every player having the worst day possible at the same time. And it happens now nearly every week. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I've got to the stage now where I'm laughing because I think I will wake up and this is a nightmare. Well, it's near enough is a nightmare. And another thing I don't understand is our top goalie scoring striker can't get in his team. Well, he's injured at the moment. But the other thing, if we want to have a go, three five two, it does not work at Stoke. Not with these players. It we haven't got a central defender at the moment 
apart from Taylor, who's not playing, and even then he's not brilliant at it, who can pass the ball out. Where are the wing-backs? Oh, hang on a minute, we don't have them. And the one we were trying to make a wing-back, well, he's playing him as a full-back and the other one's injured, right? So we're going, every time we're getting hurt down the flanks, every single time, and we're, and we're missing a man out upfield because we're trying to play that way. It, it, well, well I'm, I'm just, I'm getting annoyed now. I don't want to get annoyed. Well, we've got we've got to talk about Sands. Like we're looking at the way they played and the way they set up today. The problem right, is. Well, hang on a minute, then. Hang on a minute. So we're talking about it, right? We play the formation that really to work. You're relying on the wing backs using the width of the pitch. Yeah, they've got to be quick right? and quick. Yeah. Right. So we're playing a left foot on the right and a right foot on the left. Which doesn't work with a wing back. But we were four down. And in the, I think it was the 84th minute before he changed it. Now, I'm not blaming him for the, the lack of quality of players. I'm not even blaming O'Neill for that because we didn't have the money and um, financial fair play. You can't blame them for the injuries. Um, I asked John O'Shea about the injuries and he said a lot of them are tackle injuries. But I, I do think that if every fan, and I say every... If most fans can watch it, right, and you won't revert from your system to something else if it's not working, right, what's the point? What's the point of putting substitutes on when the game's over? Well, it's really? got to show Willie, and you can't, you can't look like he's doing it. Because half the time, he was sat down anyway. Oh, all right, but you've got, you've got this new lad, Dujon, who everybody seems to think is mustard because they're calling him Dijon. Right, Dujon is playing, right? Is it... Is, He's a right back, and you're playing him as a left wing back. I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. Honestly, I, I don't. They must play very differently in training. Well, I don't, I don't understand it full stop. Really, I mean, we're coming up against, you know, on paper probably the best team in the league. I mean, I, I was talking to two, two Stoke fans this week saying our team's best team in league on paper. I went, move away from me now because I'll shout at you. You know, the thing is with our team, we're playing... Now, this is the second manager in this season that's consistent with this formation. We're bringing players in for the sake of bringing players in, for me, I keep saying it. So now I'm starting to think, have we brought Stealing in to play out of position at left wing-back so that Clark can play right wing-back? Because I don't understand any of our business whatsoever. Laurent seems to slow us completely down to a jogging pace. Smallbone just isn't ready. We probably need another yeah, five, six players in January. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. But you will know a lot more about his players today uh, mentally. And you know the hardest thing to fix before Wednesday? It will be the mental side of the game. They just won't do it. Well, I, I can understand the mental side because, let's be honest, we brought in that many young kids that... Are, that have not played football. I mean, we look at Smallbone. He's made 16 professional appearances before joining Stoke. Liam Delap has had two late substitute appearances since coming on loan at Stoke. Harry Clark has had, had half a season at Hibs, half a season at Ross County. Sterling, probably the most experienced, he's had two loan spells with Blackburn and no Blackpool and somebody else. Was he Wigan? I think it's Wigan. You know, yeah. we're looking at that... 
We've got a goalkeeper that's barely played football and every time he does have a run, he lets us down and gets put back in there, but we decided another goalkeeper wasn't key. We've got Flint, who's finished, Jagielka that's finished, Taylor's probably been the best performer so far this season in defence, who's been dropped by the manager. I don't know, you see, now I'll say this, I'm not so sure he's been dropped, because if you remember, last time I was on the podcast, I said I was pretty certain that he was carrying an injury. And I think he is carrying a knock, and I think they're trying to ease him back in with that knock. Watford had won once in nine away from home, right? And got only one clean sheet in their last 11 games. Today was their first away win of the season, and their first clean sheet of the season. But that's because it's it's Slavan Village. It's it's the new back manager bounce, Ange. It's it's obviously. Because you you watch them now when they play next, they'll probably lose. Yeah, but our last 21 games, you must have seen the stat before today. When we conceded first, we've never won, we've lost 15 and we've drawn six. Now in our last 22 games, we've never won, we've drawn six and we've lost 16. That is disgraceful. Yeah, it is disgraceful, it is. That's why Michael O'Neill's lost his job and Alex Neal better start moving quick because he'll be out of the job by, by the end of the season if things don't improve. You know, I am worried about the season. I will be honest. I think there is a chance we could go down this season. I don't. I think we'll scrape up. That's my opinion. Um, you're probably going to think we'll finish second, knowing you. Um, <laughs> but things have got to improve, and it, the only way we're going to improve this team is by bringing good players in. I'm sorry, we do, this season we've taken too many gambles, and those gambles haven't worked. The lap so far isn't working. Smallbone isn't working. Clark isn't working. Sterling we can't judge because it was his debut today. But the other ones, Kilkenny, hasn't made. We don't know where he's disappeared to. For me, when I look at it, a lot of these players, for me, and I don't know what your opinion is, Smallbone, Kilkenny, Clark probably as well, and there's I think there's a couple of other players on loan, isn't there? Those four, I'd, I'd cut contracts in January. I'd say to all their clubs, we don't need them, you can have them back. Because that opens up three players we can bring in on loan again and maybe this time bring some actual quality into the team. Yeah. Uh, but then there is something else, isn't there? Would actual quality come to us now? I, it all depends on the owner's hands, doesn't it? It's, it's nothing we can do, it's nothing to whatever. It's, it's them showing ambition, isn't it? If they, if they yeah. want to... I mean, let's be honest, this season's over. We're not going to get to the playoffs. We've got more chance of platinum fog, as you like saying. The truth matter of it now is staying up. But I'm, I'm putting my colours firmly to the mass now. If the Stoke owners, the coach family, do not spend next season, if they do not spend next season, whether FFP is finished, then I want new people in charge. I'll put my colours oh, to the mass now. A lot of people are actually saying at the moment that this runs deeper than um, than the actual players and the management. Now, I would agree that it runs deeper than the management. Um, I still think that the owners who, who would only employ people that knew things about the betting industry and about, you know, placing bets in their business at Bet365, I, I just find it difficult to understand why they haven't got somebody with a a lot of um, experience of working in top flight football because we're clearly uh, missing out somewhere uh, and it's a 
to me, it's a bit of a struggle. Something has to change. If you carry on doing the same thing, we all know what the definition of insanity is. But, you know, if you want to change, you've got to do something different. And we're not, we're not doing anything differently. And, and that's, at some point, the owners have got to work this out. And I don't think it's going to be much longer before they work out. It can't be. Well, no, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's next season. Either start spending and bringing the right people in or go. That, that's, yeah. my, that's my call to the mass. I am sick of this now. Since John Coates has come into this club, we have gone nowhere but downwards. We're going one way trajectory. And if you can't, I mean, look at this season now, how poor that squad is and how horrendously we play. If this carries on, I want new owners. Owners who are going to bring the right people in. I would rather have owners with less money but more ambition than the people at the moment in charge who are just continually, continually doing the same thing, bringing no new people in. No, I mean, we've got no director of football, one of the worst scouting networks in, in the Championship. Some League One clubs apparently have got a better scouting network than us. We've got an analytics team of about three or four people, when MK Dons have got 15. We've got no analytics-based system whatsoever at the club, apart from a small team. Everything is cheap and cheerful when we've got owners that are the richest in the top top three divisions but with they're bringing in cheap people always we've had good managers in the past they've proved it with their jobs after look at nathan jones who nearly took us down i think it's just a matter of time before he's in the premier league you look at gary rowitz not the best manager in the world i'm not going to sit here and say he isn't but he's taken Millwall with way less budget, less money in the bank, and they're a team that every year is around the playoffs. So I've had enough, because it obviously is not the managers, because the managers are proving everywhere else they are still good managers. Mark Hughes' record before coming to Stoke, he took two teams to the Europa League, semi-finals galore, did well in the Europa League, got them past the group stages, come Stoke, ninth, 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 nearly relegated, relegated. So yeah. so for me, I'm sorry, but if things don't change in that boardroom and they don't start bringing the right people in, director of football, whoever it may be, and start spending good money, I want them gone. Because we're going backwards every season since John Coates has come in. And every year, that trajectory is like a ball going down an hill. It's getting quicker and quicker. And I can see League One with his ownership if it carries on. Simple as that. Rant over. Yeah, okay, well, the rant's over. Right, so now we move into Burnley. Vincent Company. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's an experienced manager. He he knows uh, what what the what the dressing dressing room atmosphere will be at Stoke now. You look at that, and if you're if you're an opposing fan or player, you think there'll be a reaction. Um, there'll be a reaction. There'll be a reaction. We'll have to be on our metal. They won't concede. Um, I'm not so sure whether there'll be enough time for that reaction. But you have to say that today we came up against a better team and you just have to say that whilst I didn't think they were great, you just accept they're a better team. Um, it could have been seven or eight today, in my opinion. They hit the post twice. He missed a sitter for another one. Um, they were up for it today and I can't see Burnley being any less up for it. I think they're a better team than Watford and I think we'll get battered. Um... 
I don't think it's going to be easy. I'll agree with you. Um, but I don't think we'll get battered. Um, I, th- I think, I'm, well, I'm hoping that Alex Neal's learned something today. Um, I know that's a big ask. But I'm hoping now he's going to start thinking about we'd better start changing this system. And, and I, I hope he's going to have a training session going, right, we're going to go to a back, a back four and we're going to try and basically start attacking games instead of sitting back for 90 minutes. Um, I'm hoping he's going to change that. But if he doesn't change things, then yes, I agree, we'll lose 3-4-0. But if he does change things, we might scrape a draw. I mean, what's your prediction? <coughs> I think we'll get battered 3-0. 3-0, so you don't think he's going to change much to the squad? I don't see how you can expect him to change much with the supposed injuries we're supposed to have. It's difficult to know where people are in the terms of injury because he clearly doesn't want to give much away. Uh, But um, I I can't see much changing. I mean, presumably Harry Clark's back now and he could play. Uh, I think he'll play Connor Taylor. Um, But I still think they'll have far too much for us. I mean, Watford won't have an easier game than they had against us today. Oh, oh they haven't got to play us again, of course. Um, but but I, I just think when you look at they were powerful, they've always had powerful sides, but they had pace as well. And if you look at Burnley, Burnley have got power and pace. And they've also, you just know that Taylor Harwood Bellis will score because that's what happens when we play anybody. Somebody hasn't scored for 110 years, they'll score against us. Or somebody from a former former club so I think they'll get battered um, well right so go on prediction score 3-0 3-0 I'm going to go a 2-1 defeat ok That's, who's going to score for us um, own goal ok I thought it would be right then we go on to Sat the Ange yeah um so, yeah, I think we'll make a draw one each. Against Sheffield United? Yeah, I think we've got to come good sometime. We'll win 1-0. OK. I, I hope that because I work around a Sheffield United fan and I do not want any more embarrassment, so they better win. Yeah, OK. <laughs> so, I, I just think we'll get a draw. I think that he, they will have to shape up at some point and I think it will be Saturday. Um I'm just a bit worried because I thought what was what would, Watford was so dominant today, and I think Burnley will be so dominant against us at Burnley that um, it will really be a back to the wall performance, and um, we'll struggle and we'll get a point. Well, I'll take that. Right. So before we move on, obviously we're going to tell everybody the most important information, and that is that Stoke are seventeenth in the league. Oh dear. Yeah. So things aren't two looking points great. Possible, aren't we? Yes, we're only a point actually. You know, two points you're right, yeah. Two points away from the relegation zone, which is Middlesbrough, who don't look to be getting any better. Uddersfield I think are gonna go, to be honest. And I'm surprised by commentary this season. Being bottom. Well, I mean a lot of people thought Middlesbrough were gonna be up the top and a lot of people thought Chris Wilder was gonna be the best thing since sliced bread. And when uh, Wolves uh, employed their manager who they've sacked today he was going to be the best. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought Alex Neal was going to be the saviour of Stoke City. With managers, a lot of it with managers is luck and just clicking for a certain time. And um, I I don't, I'm not quite sure that uh, it's all about that. I think if you have, I think if you had 11 players that were playing well, that were fit, they could pick the team themselves 
and talk to themselves on the pitch. Um, I'm just a bit worried at the moment about where we're at. I, I don't even, you know, I, I know I've jokingly said we'll be the top six, but as we look at the table at the moment, I couldn't even see us being middle of the table. No, I think it's going to be a tough season for Stoke this season in every shape. I said that at the start. I think this, the gambles haven't worked. I think, like when I mean, I think you said we were going to finish third, didn't you, or fourth? Fourth, um, I said. Yeah, I think you're going to have to, you know, eat humble pie on that one. Um, but well, I, not necessarily. Yeah, but, yeah but it's definitely you look, necessary. <laughs> you look at how we've done in this league, Ian, and we've been a bottom half team since we got into the championship, since we got relegated. And now I think mentally we look weaker in terms of balance on the pitch. We look weaker, and if you look at the, um, I won't say unprofessionalism, but the, the lack of confidence today, we to me we look even worse than we've looked for a long time. You know, it's not good. No, it isn't. We're weak. We're all, all over the place. We've bought in gambles. I've said when you bring in young lads, it can either go one or two ways. I've said this before. You know, yeah. you can go the Derby way where you bring Harry Wilson in Mountain and you start flying up because they're the next thing. And we've bought Smallbone in and Harry Clark in and, and they just aren't ready. You know, fair enough, we bought them in on permanent basis because, we, you know, we could develop them like we've done other players. But... You know, I'll I'll be I'll put my colours to the mask. I don't think Smallbone's much better than Tasha Oakley Booth. To be no. honest, I don't. I, the signings we've brought in, you know, the, do you want me to tell you what they are? I'll tell you exactly what they are. They look good on paper. I remember years ago when we signed players from Arsenal. Um, was it? I can't remember his name. John Alls. We thought he was yeah, the best. John Alls, yeah. To be fair, he was brilliant for us. And then he went on to Reading, I think, and his career just literally nosedived. Sometimes. You can drop a bit of luck, sometimes you don't. But at the moment with us, we, we're just taking gambles on youngsters, hoping they're going to be what? The next Mason Mount or whatever. It's the only thing you can think of. But, you know, we've brought in a good experienced player there in Gale. But is his art in it? And, and is, is Lorenz art in it? He's, he's only contracted till the end of the season. Does he yeah, think, it, you know, does he it, think it, I'm bothered? You know, I've got, Yeah, but if you look at the starting 11 today... Right, you'd got Wilmot, Dillap and Gale, who I felt had, had, had a desire, had a passion, wanted to win. You've got on the bench, you've got Connor Taylor, who undoubtedly has that. So I would have all four of them in. Yeah, I would, I, I would. But I would. So, I, I mean, who would you have in goal? Well, in goal, I'd still, I'd, honestly, I'd still go with fielding. I, I would yeah, still but, go with fielding. But he isn't going to. I know so he, he isn't going to, but... And you're ruining it now because this is my team. This is my team. Stop stop ruining okay, my team. my team. Who's in your team? Right, fielding in goal because he's the only one who knows how to do it. <laughs> right back, Sterling, because he's a right back. I'd have Connor Taylor alongside Ben Wilmot. I'd have Morgan Fox at left back. I'd have Baker alongside um, Laurent. Because mm-hmm. I think as a central midfielder, he does look all right to me. Because at least he can run well with the ball. I'd have Powell, if fit, ahead of them too. I'd have Fosu on the left wing, because he's a left winger. And then, well, the forwards won. And that's when I'd play Jacob Brown, with the support of Fosu in Campbell. If he's fit, yeah, obviously. Jacob Brown isn't going to be fit. Again, yeah, Andy, you're, ruining, yeah. you're ruining my team again. Well, he's not going to be fit. I, I tell you now, he's not going to be fit. <laughs> All right, then, so we bring Jacob Brown in. We'll go with Gale. 
that that's where okay. it'd work for me. And then then we've got the young lads and young Whippet in the lap who can come off the bench just to keep the team ticking in the last couple of minutes and maybe might be able to sneak an header in or something. That's what we should be doing. But instead, we're consistent with this because I think that back line would have the support of Laurent and Baker, but also it'd have the support of the wingers who can then break forward and the, they can sit in the right, right back and left back can to support them two defenders. Mm. And then you've got the experience and field, fielding and goal until we can get some kind of decent goalkeeper in. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm hearing Iverson, but I don't know yet. But that's the team I'd go. What would you go with? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd put Bursic in goal. Um, I think I'd probably play Sterling and Clark. Um, if Tymon was fit, I'd have Tymon in. If he isn't fit, I'd put Connor Taylor in with Wilmot Plitz. So Connor Taylor would be the central defending partnership. I'd have Wilmot playing a sort of a, a full-backy role, which I know he doesn't want to play. I would have Thompson in because I think they missed Thompson dreadfully today. Um, if Powell's fit, I'd have Powell in, but if he isn't fit, I'd have Laurent in, and then I'd have Baker in, and up front, I'd have, um, oh, God, I'd have Delap up front, uh, I'd have DiMaggio, Wright, Phillips, and uh, I would be unsure whether to put Gale or Campbell in. So what formation are you going with, Anne? Well, as Stoke always play a formation of... Um, they either have eleven behind the ball, or people just stand where they want. I mean, if I if I was if I was playing, I'd go. Uh, I think I'd go four three three. Mm, fair enough. I do like the four three three. That's what I was going with, but it's not going to happen because for some reason we like to play five three at the back, and it's probably yeah. because our defenders are shit. But other than that, it, it's not that. But right, we're going to end up on a positive now because I'm sick of talking about the men's team because it depresses me and it ruins me weak. So we're going to go in with the women's team. How have they got on today? Well, I don't really want to, um, you know, be- become overall sexist. But uh, Stoke City first team today, the women played at Fylde and it was, um, it was going to be a very, very difficult game. And by all accounts... Uh, Stoke scored first through Beth Roberts. They then went 2-1 behind, although, according to people who went to the game, Stoke had a clear penalty denied and were losing 2-1 and, and doing everything, just about trying everything possible to get the equaliser. And in injury time, um, there was a goal-man scramble and Naomi Beddo scored and we've come out of that one with a 2 all draw. So that's a really positive result for, for the women. They've, they've done well there considering that they were in injury time. And um, the reserves played Doncaster Rovers, and uh, they won 4-1. See? It was Doncaster Bells, as, as they used to be known. So um, the reserves played them and, and won 4-1, and the goals were scored by Casey Beeman, who got two, Evie Pease and Manuela Deli. So that was good. Doncaster Bells lost 4-1 to our reserves. So 2-2 for the first team and 4-1 for the reserves. Um, and the first team play at West Brom next Sunday. So, looking forward to that. Well, they're still unbeaten as well, aren't they, ladies? Uh, they're unbeaten in the last four. So, um, we're, we're, you know, they got battered by Wolves. But now um, they're unbeaten in four. And they're, they're riding high in the league. I think we joined third at the moment. Um, and we'd really like to go higher. And 
we'll keep talking about him and try and get more people to go up and watch him, I think, Ian. Yeah, the more people who go up and watch him, the better. Because, I mean, if you want to watch football, you're better off watching the ladies at the moment because the men is like yeah. pulling teeth. I'll be honest with yeah. you. Um, and they deserve our support where the men don't because they I'm not going to keep slagging off the men but they are shit and the women aren't they're playing well so you know get yourselves down if you want to watch proper football and watch a team that actually knows how to play football get yourself down and watch the ladies they're doing extremely well they're unbeaten in four because they learn from defeats don't they Ange? Yeah they do and um, they love playing for the shirts and that's I think that's the biggest compliment you can pay them they don't get a penny they they pay their own expenses so it's uh, I think it's really really good that the women are doing so well and, and as I say if you can go and support them you'll really enjoy it because they give everything for the shirt yeah which is what we want to see because you know the women have, have massively improved this season because last year it was a shambles we're not going to deny oh, it it was run awful. like a joke which yeah. doesn't surprise me with our hierarchy at the club at the moment it doesn't surprise me at all but this season things have improved haven't they managers come in changes have been put forward the, the girls are happy playing again well ladies sorry or women I don't know what to say anymore but they're playing well and good luck to them let's hope we can get up I mean it'd be great yeah, it'd be and, great to see us in the WSL know, it's, it, it's like every other league any other game of football if um if the opposition stands still, like our men's first team did today, then you've got time and space to pick out a pass. These girls run and harry and chase for everything. They want to win the game. So um, I think you'd be really impressed if um, if you come and watch the women. And well done today, women. Well done, ladies. Well done, girls. Well done, whatever we're allowed to call you now. Yeah, because we don't know anymore. Well, that's enough one done, Andrew. It's been a very positive podcast for the women. Um, not so much yes. for the men, but, you know, what can we say, really? But we're going to just let you know with the scores so far. I'm still winning 1-0 on predictions. And just hey, still like No, whoa, no. Where's this come from? No, I'm just bringing it up, you know. I mean, Hans, it's been 11 games. We're not doing well here, are we? <laughs> it's 1-0. <one> no. <laughs> no, OK. <laughs> no one's doing well here. There's no winner. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> and I'm hoping next week to try and kickstart the new preview show which will be either Ange or Chris who you heard last week I'm not sure how it's going to work because Chris has gone AWOL Ange auntie what has happened to Chris well he's not speaking to me now because I said um, I sent him a text message in the match today he didn't like it he told me he didn't want to talk about it so he's dead to me now well I'm still in the good position really because he wanted Alex Neal and I didn't want Michael I wanted Michael Neal to be sacked but I didn't want Alex out and Alex Neal, so I'm in the now happy medium of in between. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great for me. <laughs> it's, it's, we have to laugh though, don't we? I mean, it's a, it's a dreadful result for Stoke today. It, it is for a man who's first come in because, I'll be honest, I put up about the pod, and, I mean, about the pod, about um, the result today. And I'm not kidding you, there was at least nine people who wanted him sacked already. That's the last ludicrous. I mean, honestly, who are you going to get in? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. But let's be honest, Ange. If he was sacked tomorrow, would you be bothered? Um, I, I would be bothered because it means more money that we're paying out to people. Um, That's not the right answer. Ange. No. <laughs> oh, think of the money. <laughs> yeah, think of the money. Uh, yeah. Well. It's awful, though, isn't it, eh? 
Well, it, 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 it's it's because we're that we're that down, Angie, at the moment. So from the feeling I'm getting from the fans, there's going to be a lot of people next season who aren't going to renew season tickets. I've I've spoke to so many. There's two at my place who have said they're sick of it now. They don't. They haven't been the last two home games. They they've had enough, and it, that that's how bad it's gone, Angie, at this moment in time. And I, I know we've wavered off a bit here, but I thought I'd say that. Things have got to change next season in the top ends of this football club. And that's why I have said, I want change if things don't change. Because if they carry on with the way it's going and carry on doing what they're doing now, there will be uproar soon. It's coming. I can I can sense it. Do you want me to tell you what this reminds me of? The dawn, yeah. the dawn before Peter was kicked out last time. It's reminding yeah. me of that. yeah. But you know there is a there is a more serious point to to today as well. I, I noticed a tweet before we started the podcast where uh, a guy called Glenn Andrews had put he'd paid twenty seven quid for two pies, two soft drinks, and um, two cartons of chips, um, and how he's lucky enough to be able to afford it. But how can a family of four pay that and continue to pay that? And watch what we're watching. Yeah. It, it it's yeah. it's the question that's there, isn't it? I mean Absolutely. It's it's a one probably for next week on the podcast, isn't it, Andrew? We'll, we'll yeah, there's well, a, a subject we'll put up. I look forward to it. And you know they say every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. Well, we're not Man United fans and that has to um that has to be the best part of today, doesn't it? Well it because does it, because it, now lost, yeah. Well, yeah. Because now I can go and work. With my head I'll die because all the United fans can't say anything to me. So it's it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the Liverpool can. Well they can't yeah. either. They they fell apart, didn't they? So yeah, it's a good news week. Apart from us getting battered, but that's becoming normal really, and so you know, there's gonna be positives. We're gonna come back, we're gonna bounce back with a draw against Burnley. You think a three 0 defeat times, I think you might draw level with that answer actually. And then we're going to beat Sheffield United. We're going to be back next week. It's going to be positive, Ange, isn't it? It is. Positive, positive, positive. That's it. Well, that's another one done. It's not been a great one, but the performance was shocking. So we can't. there's not many avenues we can go down. When Chris becomes available and isn't AWOL, we know he's in Spain or Greece somewhere, we'll find that out. And we're going to try and do a previous show that will come up soon. We're deciding what day to do it. I'm not 100% sure when we can do it at this moment in time. But we will have a previous show coming soon where we talk about the upcoming games before we do. And that's when we'll do predictions. And we'll put in a show about what we think before, teams, what what formation we think we're going to go into. It's going to be a new show. We're going to try to do two a week with a new member, which is Chris. Everyone say welcome. I couldn't hear you. That's not very good. But thanks for listening. All the best to Rob.